All right. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the 306 Fantasy Football Podcast. Uh, we're here recording on Tuesday evening for our March 23rd episode number 44. Uh, we've got <laughs> bombarded again with another uh, huge wave of free agency news, some trades, lots to talk about. Uh, so we're going to go through a lot of the uh, content on insiders and headliners. And then we're going to get into a little bit of free agency buy and sell. So who are some who are some fantasy players that we're looking at buying and selling here after this huge wave of free agency and trades and news, et cetera, et cetera. So before we get into uh, a little bit about uh, our episode here, let's say hello to the fellows first. Let's uh, first let's throw it over to Armand. What's going on? Uh, what's going on? Keeping you busy there, Armand. Hey, uh, you know, I uh, went and sat on the bench for our senior boys during the weekend here. Um, for regionals and uh, they ended up punching their ticket to Hoopla so anyone who's uh, not from Saskatchewan Hoopla is uh, the provincial championship for uh, for all basketball regardless of school size 1A, 2A all the way to 5A um, it's the provincial championship for each uh, each division and uh, yeah I, I was watching the a lot of the girls on on uh they had the live broadcast on facebook so i was watching there it's because they were out of town there so they punched their ticket too so it's pretty exciting for for the old high school i think three three or four of the prince albert high school teams are going on so that's uh, exciting for the area zach yeah, about yourself keeping busy or what uh, trying to yeah uh not nothing exciting as you guys um but uh the new the the warm weather been uh getting the yard nice and ready so moving some snow trying to help it melt yeah that sort of thing yeah it's man my my street is almost undrivable right now like the the ruts they actually just cleared it out here today but it was like nobody could move unless you had four by four you weren't moving on our block it was un unbelievable but absolutely over the weekend i saw two cars get hung up as i was oh. chipping ice <laughs> and zach just does the old friendly wave okay see ya yeah oh it's time to go to the backyard all yeah. right <laughs> Yeah. We got lucky in our uh, street. We had a plowed on uh, Thursday right before the really warm weather hit. So uh, I've been driving on nice, fresh pavement all uh, all week or weekend so far. Yeah, it's probably bone dry in front of your place. Oh, yeah, except what my neighbors are throwing onto the, the street. That has got to be one of my biggest pet peeves when you shovel and push it right into the right into the street. I, I don't know why, I but, know. oh, man, I hate that so much. Yeah, it is um, me too. Oh yeah, right now for it's playoff hockey right now for for myself for most of my leagues except for one. So it's uh, driving around doing some playoff. And for those of you listening that don't know, I totaled off well, just about totaled off my car a while ago. So we've been kind of doing a hodgepodge trying to figure out what vehicles it takes. We took a rental to Melfort on Friday, and our, and our rental car broke down on the way to Melfort. We're, we're reffing game one, first series playoff game. Supposed to be getting mentally focused, and the car breaks down. It's just been don't ask me for car advice because I'll either find a way to free you get hit by a deer it'll break down or it'll be a lemon or I don't know worse luck it's but uh about as good of luck as I had on my March Madness bracket it's been uh, <laughs> that thing got busted pretty quick too but well uh we'll get into a little bit of fantasy talk here uh before we get going uh we got a, a big thank you to the Prince Albert Herald uh, and to Kyle Coswin uh for writing up a little article for us from the 306 fantasy football podcast and uh, kind of sharing our story about uh, how we got started and a little bit of our charity work and our and our donation we did there so that was that was all uh, that was awesome to read and to be able to see that and i know we got a lot of excellent feedback because of uh, 
not only from his article, but also from obviously the charitable work that we were doing. So, so that was pretty awesome to see yesterday roll out. So if you haven't got a chance to do so, go give that a read on the Daily Herald. It was, uh, it was, it was really well written. And uh, before we get started, we got some awesome news. Next episode, we'll be dropping our major sponsor of the year. It's uh, awesome news, big news, a little secret. And we'll be doing a little bit of social media work and dropping that here in the next, uh, next coming episode. So keep your, uh, keep your eyes and ears peeled for that, uh, for that exciting drop. Um, but uh, without further ado here, let's get a little insiders and headliners going. I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. I'm Ron Burgundy. I don't think that gets old ever. That's that's going to be good <laughs> forever. Um, insiders and headliners. Uh, this is one of those ones where where the heck do we start? Uh, we've had four massive trades and then some pretty big signings here. So I think let's start with the trades. That's probably the most important fantasy aspect here. That's going to have some huge implications moving forward. Let's start with the first one. Uh, Devontae Adams, wide receiver from the uh, formerly of the Green Bay Packers has been traded to the Las Vegas Raiders for a 2022 first and second round pick and then immediately signs a five-year deal worth $141.25 million, making him the highest paid wide receiver in the league. Uh, so this came as a shocker because I think a lot of people automatically made the assumption that Adams was going to obviously stick around. They signed Rodgers, they franchise tag Adams. as kind of was, oh, this is what everybody was expecting. And all of a sudden, holy man, Adams is on the move. So um, I guess what's the huge fantasy follow implication for this act? What do you, what do you think is the biggest implication here with, with this Adams move? I think it really changes the landscape of the two quarterbacks that are involved in this trade. I think you can make a reasonable argument to uh, bump Aaron Rodgers down a little bit in your redraft and your dynasty rankings, as well as presumably bump up uh, Derek Carr, getting a familiar weapon to a offense that wasn't anything to to sh uh, shrug at, I guess, last season. So. I can see both quarterbacks kind of <clears throat> going in opposite directions uh, pre-draft. And then certainly um, it wouldn't surprise me if they finished uh, quite differently at the end of this upcoming season and then uh, than they did current or this past season. And Armin, do you think, uh, like thinking about Adams wise, does this status quo for his value? Does it go to up? What is it down? What, what do you think about for, for Adams? Obviously the connection with, with Rodgers was something to relish for fantasy owners, but uh, are we going to see more of the same with Carr, or do you think we're going to see a bit of a dip in Adam's production? Uh, you know, I don't think it should be too much of a dip. I, I don't expect him to do better than he did in Green Bay, but I think if, if it's a dip, it's going to be a pretty small dip that's going to keep him pretty near the top of, of your fantasy radar and being a valuable number one receiver on your fantasy teams. Um, Carr reads the game fairly well, and Adams is a great route runner, just like Renfro. Um, but he's a little bit bigger, right? A little bit faster. Um, so I think he he's going to pair well in that team, and it's it's going to be a pretty good offense to to draft from. From I think I think this actually probably helps out Renfro in the end because teams are going to be um, hardcore um, 
hardcore Keenan on Adams and, and that'll open up Renfro and, and uh, others within that offense. And I'm kind of hinting at what you're going to talk about <laughs> later there, Jordan. Yeah. But, nice yeah. little tidbit. Yeah, I think obviously if you're comparing Derek Carr to uh, to Aaron Rodgers, there's a, there's a there's a gap, right? Aaron Rodgers significantly better quarterback than Derek Carr is. But when you the thing is when a new wide receiver goes into a new system, you usually expect a little bit of a dip or a or a lull or or a grace period where they need to make that connection. But this this is familiar ter- territory between Adams and, and Carr, obviously going and playing college together. So I can't imagine it's going to be a huge. Huge dip, but um, it'll be definitely one of those things to monitor. I think obviously that AFC is uh, is getting better and better <laughs> as some of these significant players are leaving the NFC and heading to the AFC, especially the AFC West. There, it's uh, that's going to be absolute insanity to be able to come out of that division. Well, and that's part of the thing too. Hey, Jordan, is that uh, the games are going to be a lot closer for Las Vegas. They're going to be in passing down situations a lot more than if you would have stayed in green Bay where they end up playing with a lead for a lot of games. Right. So even though maybe the efficiency might not be quite what Adams is used to, he probably still is going to see um, tons of opportunities and maybe even more opportunities in Las Vegas. And that might kind of balance out him having a little bit of dip in efficiency with just, just pure volume yeah i think you uh, i think you hit the nail on the head there uh the next next big offer we're going to talk about here and this one was absolutely insane and we I, even reports came out this morning that the deal actually kind of changed a little bit but uh deshaun watson has been traded to cleveland from the uh houston texans now this deal was originally reported that it was um three firsts a second and a fourth if i remember correctly or second and a fifth but i think it's altered a little bit here um just within the last day, just some of the contingencies on the deal had changed a little bit. But as soon as the deal was done, uh, Watson signed a, a an extension or I guess an altering of his contract to a new five-year, $230 million fully guaranteed deal. So when you look at this contract, there's a few different aspects you can look at it. One, um, and Watson obviously moving on from Houston, that Sega has ended and now starting in Cleveland. You look at the fantasy perspective and how that changes, obviously, the, the potential of the run game in Cleveland. Uh, it's going to maybe change, obviously, uh, maybe some of the culture in Cleveland of, of their offense, maybe not a run first, maybe more pass heavy. Uh, but at the same time, you look at the situation where he's getting paid $230 million guaranteed, and we don't know what the suspension is going to come from. We don't know the ramifications from the from obviously his legal aspects. We know it's not going to be criminal. Obviously, we went through that last episode but that doesn't mean it's not settled yet. So there's still lots that can happen. So there's two different frames we can go. Obviously we've, I think we've beaten the dead horse a little bit on the Watson talking about the legal implications. So maybe sticking to the fantasy. Um, what's our biggest takeaway on this one there, Zach? I think uh, pre Watson trade, you might've been possibly lukewarm on the outlook of Amari Cooper, but uh, following this trade, it is, uh, full steam ahead, all sales go, um, whatever little saying or phrase you want to use. Uh, it is Amari Cooper season, I think. Yeah. Armin, do you think, do you think, uh, Watson is suspended this year? Do you think uh, if he is, how many games do you think he's going to get? It's hard to see him not be suspended, uh, especially with 22 civil suits. Right. So, um, but it all would come down to, to the ruling. Right. But, I know in the past, right, uh, there's been some players who have been suspended even before things have uh, 
come down to the ruling. So you got to expect he'll be suspended for, for a few games at least. And, but I think in the end, he'll be there for the fantasy playoffs. And so all those players that uh, are on that roster. And so it wouldn't hurt to invest in them or, or do kind of like what we were talking about last year with Wentz when he went down with injury with the Colts is try and trade for Colts players later in the season. Maybe we do that with Cleveland this year where um, you don't draft Cooper and redraft, but you try and trade for him after the first few weeks or, but in dynasty, I think you, you got to make maybe a move on Cooper right now. And, and even other receivers in that uh, Browns offense, like I've dropped his name quite a few times. I think he's probably going to be my guy this year, Donovan Peoples Jones. <laughs> Especially after that Rashad Higgins uh, signed somewhere else. So, yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head. The one interesting part about the possibility of a suspension is remember the Zeke situation where we thought he was going to start the year suspended and he didn't happen until like week 10. And then that suspension rolled into the fantasy playoffs. I'm hoping, like, yeah, I was, I'm not, I'm actually, I'm not much of a uh, Watson owner at all. I don't have him in any of my leagues. But uh, if you are the Watson owner, you're really hoping that that suspension comes right off the hop so you know what you're getting come the fantasy season. If the season starts, he's not suspended, then that suspension possibly comes mid-season. That's going to throw a real wrench in, in your plans and obviously how you draft it and, and how you're going to be attacking free agency moving forward. So hopefully that is something that is dealt with either right off the hop or you don't see until the upcoming season because it could cause a lot of headaches for fantasy owners for sure. Uh, another deal here. Um, Another quarterback on the move, Matt Ryan was traded to Indianapolis for a 2023rd round pick. Uh, in this deal, Atlanta is taking on the full dead cap of 40.525 million, uh, which is the largest in NFL history. Um, and in this in this um, Atlanta deal, uh, moving away from Matt Ryan, obviously left the door open for a quarterback position. Then Atlanta goes and signs Marcus Mariota to a two-year, 18.75 million dollar deal which then later turned into a one-year $6.75 million deal with a 2023 option of $12 million. So uh, technically it's a one-year deal with, a, with an option, but if he does stick around for the full two-year deal, then it is a, a nearly a $19 million deal. So two parts here, Atlanta um, seemingly throwing in the towel on the season already and hoping for some good draft capital because they uh, don't have any wide receivers to mention at this point. Uh, they have a poor offensive line, uh, they didn't have a quarterback for a while. They're going to be trying out Marcus Mariota here. So Atlanta, we're in a really, really weird situation with where they're going to move forward here uh, in the draft. And then obviously Matt Ryan going into Indianapolis, who was a should have been a playoff team, but is going to be, a, I think, a great position for some fantasy aspects. So you look at a guy like Michael Pittman. I know, uh, Armin, you have Michael Pittman. You've always been a fan of him as well as myself as a USC guy. Uh, but is this, uh, is this a bump up, obviously? with uh with matt ryan or do you think it's or something we can continue to see similar trends from carson wentz or or is this uh is this good bad or or a neutral offer i think what do you think armin i could see this being uh pretty good for for Pittman and the other receivers there um this might be a rejuvenate matt ryan kind of thing he might find a swag back and and be be willing to to get back to slinging the ball down the field um we see uh see Pittman as a big body contested catch kind of guy um, down the sideline. And that's kind of where Julio made his, made his um, bread and butter. Right. So um, I see a bit of a similarity there. I could see Matt Ryan and Pittman being a great combination together. 
saw a little bit on Twitter there, Zach. Do you think uh, Julio follows uh, Matt Ryan and does a little, uh, little, a little welcome back party together in a new in a new team, or do you think uh, do you think that's just a little Twitter fun? You know what? <clears throat> I've seen a lot of speculation about Julio Jones going here, Julio Jones going there. Um, I think at this point in his career, in this point in time, uh, Julio's name carries a weight a lot more weight than his on-field production does. Yeah. But uh, it wouldn't shock me if uh, Matt Ryan might get a little bit of that uh, veteran quarterback, uh, general manager leeway that we often see these uh, veteran quarterbacks get. And uh, if he's passionate and adamant about reuniting with Jones, I could, I could see the Colts doing something like that because the Colts do still have quite a bit of cap room. Yeah. And, uh, and they have a team that I would say their window is open. You know, they, they do have a lot of young pieces to their organization uh, looking at obviously Jonathan Taylor and looking at Michael Pittman, especially fantasy aspects. Uh, but they, they, they have a window now where we're now with a, an older quarterback They're They're set for a championship run. And I, they were obviously very vocal on that. They were quarterback away and obviously shipping off Wentz after one year. So hopefully Matt Ryan, fills that void for them and we can see the Colts making a playoff push because I know a lot of the a lot of 306 listeners out there are our Colts fans so fingers crossed for you Colts fans uh one last trade here to talk about and then we'll go through a few signings before we move on to our uh key trade cut and inside and our segment of the episode was Robert Woods after the uh after the Los Angeles Rams had signed Allen Robinson which we'll get to in a little bit they ended up trading Robert Woods away to Tennessee for a 2022 sixth round pick so this one's going to be an interesting one I know Armin you wanted to talk about maybe whether you thought this was the same or upgrade or downgrade maybe you want to mention that um I think uh Woods here especially with like we were talking Julio he uh his name carries more value than his actual play right now and uh, Woods, I think, is is almost the opposite. Uh, he's always been kind of underrated um, and quietly gets his yardage. And um, I think him and, and A.J. Brown together will, will be a better tandem than, than him and Julio. Um, Robert Woods isn't, a, isn't an alpha, but he is a great receiver. Um, so A.J. can continue to go out there, be the guy for Tennessee, and then Robert Woods can uh, quietly go about his business and um be a quiet wide receiver too on the season again like he usually is always always underrated but Armin mentioned it a couple roster cuts here Julio Jones obviously released from the Tennessee Titans so uh Robert Woods is replacing that uh, void of Julio Jones we mentioned a few times about Julio possibly ending up certain places and then also Buffalo has released Cole Beasley opening up the doors for a couple signings and uh some younger players in Buffalo but I'm gonna go through these signings relatively quick We'll go position by position and and uh, let me know if there's something you want to talk about. I think the quarterback one's pretty simple. I don't think there's a lot to mention here, but Matthew Stafford gets a four-year extension worth $160 million, 135 of that guaranteed. And Jameis Winston re-signs with New Orleans. They were in the whole Sean Watson saga, possible uh, sweepstakes. They lost and ended up re-signing uh, Jameis Winston to a two-year $28 million deal instead. So now they've got their quarterback locked up. Uh, running back position, J.D. McKissick uh, does the old psych, you know, uh, says he's going to go to Buffalo and then pulls the pin and goes to Washington. 
for the exact same $7 million two-year deal that they were going to sign with in Buffalo. So kind of squashing all the conversation we had about Gibson uh, RB1 type season, possible breakout year, uh, three down back situation. Uh, Raheem Mostert signs with Miami to a one-year $3 million deal. Cordell Patterson re-signs with Atlanta for a two-year $10.5 million deal. Uh, Armin's guy, Rashad Penny, resigns with Seattle oh, yeah. $5.75 million deal. And then this is the big one. This morning, Leonard Fournette resigns with Tampa Bay for a three-year $21 million deal. Now, I know we want to talk about Leonard Fournette, but maybe I'll save that one because I know Zach wants to talk about him a little bit later on in the episode. So maybe we'll hang tight on that one. Uh, wide receivers. Uh, Chris Godwin was franchise tag, but will not play on the tag because he has signed a three-year deal uh, with Tampa Bay uh, worth $60 million. Uh, so it's good for Tampa Bay to be able to lock him down because they had him on a two-year franchise tag. Uh, Allen Robinson, which we mentioned, signed a three-year $46.5 million deal, which $30.7 million of that is guaranteed with the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, the Rams are just finding deeper and deeper pockets and somehow signing these big names. They said they still want to be able to keep Odell Beckham. Uh, they have Van Jefferson, obviously Cooper Cup. Uh, they just keep finding this money, and I don't know where it's coming from, but uh, Allen Robinson maybe get a, um, a kickstart here now in, uh, in, a new, in a new facility and a new team. Now, talking about that, do you think uh, – I've seen this thrown around a little bit, so I'm going to throw this one at you, Zach – Allen Robinson for a for a back end first. Would you would you do that trade in the dynasty, or do you think he's washed? Do you think he's still got it? Do you think he's he doesn't have to be the centerpiece? Obviously, Cooper Cup's going to be wide receiver one there, so maybe he can finally be the wide receiver two and and not have that pressure. But do you what would what is his dynasty outlook? I suppose is the question I'm asking. Well, <clears throat> this year's um, rookie crop as far as I can tell, is significantly weaker um, at a few key positions than it has been in, in years past. It's still a talented wide receiver uh, pool of talent, but uh, the running back position isn't what it has been the previous years. The quarterback position certainly isn't, and the tight end position is not as well. So one would assume that at say like 110 to 112, the back end of the first, you're probably looking at the second or third best uh, running back, maybe, or like a fifth or sixth, maybe even seventh uh, best receiver. Um, lots of times those six, seven, eight receivers turn into like a, a Jalen Rager or a Denzel Mims or a Terrence Marshall um, a lot more often than they do like a, I don't you know, like a Justin Jefferson, for example. So um, I would, I would probably lean towards a, an Allen Robinson, hoping that what we saw last year was more of a blip on the radar, um, him not being on the same page as the organization him not necessarily wanting to be there and hoping that he's able to turn it around as the receiver two in a very potent offense or what seems to be a very potent offense in LA for sure um another couple signings here DJ Moore gets an extension a three-year extension worth 61.9 million dollars 41.6 of that is guaranteed 
And then Juju Smith-Schuster signs a one-year $10.75 million deal. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit more extensively about him here in an upcoming segment as well. So a few big name wide receivers getting some big money. Um, we'll see what ends up with their change of landscape or some or some big dollars, if that's going to change their, their fantasy outlook and see what that does to the old ADP as we drive close to the fantasy season. A couple of tight ends. Austin Hooper was cut by Cleveland and then was signed by Tennessee for a one-year $6 million deal. Gerald Everett, sorry, Gerald Everett signs a two-year $12 million deal, $8 million guaranteed. Uh, I think that's going to be a little sneaky one here with him ending up in the, with the Chargers. And then Hayden Hurst signing a one-year deal with Cincinnati replacing CJ Uzama. Uh, so a few tight ends making a big signing as well. Uh, Gerald Everett, any, any of you guys a little maybe interested in Gerald Everett? I think uh, obviously it's a good offense. Gerald Everett's had a lot of hype around him for quite a few years now. Uh, is that somebody that maybe you'd be targeting later in drafts there, Armin, as a, as a tight end sleeper? Or are you kind of um, maybe gone to the well too many times with Everett? Uh, you know, he's still young enough and the talent is there. Um, if he's in an offense where he's going to be looked at a little bit more, um, he's definitely worth it. Um, so just who did he sign with again? The Chargers. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Um, I mean, Cook looked good there last year. Um, he's behind a lot of high-end receivers there, but, uh, you know, he could make a make a splash, and I imagine he'd do, do a little bit more damage than Cook because he's a little bit younger, a little bit quicker yet. Um, I, I, I like him. I back end of draft kind of thing, but I, I wouldn't be reaching for him, that's for sure. Yeah, especially what's um... – Oh, it's that Donald Parham. I think he's pretty young. He's a pretty big body too. So it's a yeah. interesting if they split the load or one person takes over, but that would be, that was one position that we were talking about as the chargers was in, would have been a juicy little landing spot for a premier tight end because there might be some value there. So that might be a name worth throwing out there as we get towards the, the draft season, but yeah, definitely worth taking a flyer on for sure. Uh, a little keep trade cut here, Armin. What do you figure? All right, let's do her. I still, I'm still working on a good drop for your keep trade cut segment here. So I apologize. We haven't got one yet, but I'm still working on it. It's coming. It's down the pipeline here, but keep trade cut. We got the new homes edition. Uh, so three wide receivers that are landing in new positions. And uh, what are you going to do with them? Are we got Allen Robinson uh, landing with the Los Angeles Rams. We got Devonte Adams landing with the Las Vegas Raiders. And then we have Juju Smith Schuster landing with kansas city so what are you doing keep trade cut the 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 last two on this one are a little bit harder i think between alan robinson and juju but i'll start with my keep i'm keeping Devonte adams um he's just too good to to try and trade away plus uh people might uh, have a hard time buying into him right now so the the value you get for him might not necessarily be the same as what he's probably actually worth. Um, so just keep, keep holding on to him and uh, knowing that he, he will produce. And even if there's a slight drop, at least when, once people see him producing, then maybe you could trade him away. Um, between Robinson and Juju, like I said, this one's real tough. I am, uh, I'm thinking I want to uh, cut Robinson and keep Juju um, mostly based on or trade Juju I guess mostly based on on age here I think Juju might uh, might be a little bit easier sell with that Kansas City offense uh, 
he'll be the third guy, third wheel, but uh, they've been missing that for some time and, and maybe he'll be able to produce for them, especially um, on those underneath throws and those, um, and those short throws. Whereas Allen Robinson, um, I just, I'm not buying it yet. I know you guys just talked about him potentially having, having a resurgence after a blip year, but uh, you try and trade him now, you're not getting a lot for him where I think you might get a little bit more for Juju. Zach, do you agree or do you disagree with, that, uh, with the uh, statement? Uh, I think for the most part, I agree. Um, I would say that uh, I think Devontae Adams would still return a, a heck of a haul in, in a he trade. Um, so, But uh, other than that, I, I think I agree with that. Yeah, I like the Juju idea because looking back, he's had a couple of tough years here, obviously battling some injuries and whatnot. But when, you, when he had his, was it 1,400? yard season there that was when he was the wide receiver too next to Anto um, Antonio Brown so now that he has, he's in a position where he doesn't have to be the guy um, doesn't have to be the secondary guy like Travis Kelsey's probably the two and like you mentioned Aaron he's the three this might be an opportunity to see a resurgence of Juju in, in an offense where he doesn't have to be relied on to to carry the load and he has a knack of being able to find those open spaces. So maybe that's a position. I, I do like Juju. I mean, it's a long shot because he has a tertiary weapon on a good offense. Um, so he's probably not a guy that you're taking higher in drafts, but he's one of those guys that, you know, the old, uh, the old trustees, I think, like the Robert Woods of years prior, when you take him in the fifth round and he'd always just plug and play and get you eight points, maybe have a big week, but you'd be happy with what you got kind of thing. Um, I think he's going to be in that similar boat and they might have the, maybe sixth round ADP. Is that something that we might want to jump on board? We'll see what happens to get close to the year. But I do, I think that is a name that's definitely worth monitoring as we, as we look into the preseason and those first couple of weeks coming into the draft season. Cause I think, I think he might be a sneaky play this year. Um, getting to our segment of the episode here. Uh, we're doing free agent buy and sell. So we're each going to buy a player and we're each going to sell a player that has been impacted by free agency or was signed during the free agency period. Uh, so we'll do our buys first and we'll start with Zach. Zach, uh, who are you buying in, uh, who are you buying here from free agency? So this is maybe a little bit of a cheat as he wasn't a free agent signing as much as he was a re-sign. Um, but I am enjoying the idea of possibly buying Leonard Fournette this offseason. Um, from all the research that I have done and the, the articles that I have seen, um, currently he is averaging about round seven value in drafts that are happening uh, as of right now in the preseason. Um, and that is exceptionally good value for a running back that finished uh, in the top 10 this year in PPR standings. Uh, he finished the season as running back seven. Um, Tampa Bay has seen a few players leave their offensive line this offseason, uh, namely Ali Marpet retiring and Alex Kappa uh, siding with the Bengals. But they were able to sucker uh, the Patriots into giving up Shaq Mason, <laughs> who was one of the best run blocking guards in the NFL. And I have full confidence that <clears throat> towards the back half of the first round, they may be in a good position to get a, a guard or interior offensive lineman to fill one of those uh, pieces that left. So 
I really think Leonard Fournette is somebody that is routinely slept on um, the past couple of years, and he is somebody that has proven the ability to produce and produce at a high level. So I would try to buy Leonard Fournette uh, at his current draft value, and I would put out a feeler to your league mates in Dynasty to see their temperature on him right now. Yeah, speaking of Leonard Fournetter here, can't forget the Fournetter. I got yeah, a little slip for him here, made a little sound bite. Get the net. Oh, yeah, a little Fournette action. Um, <laughs> he's a guy I think that his ADP is going to be still not high enough when it comes to draft season. You said you hit the nail on the head there, Zach. Underrated. Like he's going to be, I think, a late second, maybe early third ADP type guy, probably on that back end second more, more than likely. And not just like you're the, you're the only guy left in town. You're the running back of a Tom Brady offense and who did damage in the passing game last year. Like just to me, like I just think that's that's cheap. Even even as a late second round, mid second round, I think that's cheap ADP in, in comparison to what you're going to be getting. Like I think he, uh, I think he has is he's got he's got himself set up for uh, for a great season. Armand, uh, who's your buy? All right, my buy is Jamison Crowder, who came over from the Jets to sign with the Buffalo Bills. He is a PPR machine. Um, he's kind of built in the same class as Cole Beasley, who we've seen over a number of years have success in Buffalo and, and be an underrated kind of uh, fantasy asset. And I think Jamison Crowder is a better receiver than Beasley. And uh, I, I'm looking up for, for good things here with Crowder uh, being that small guy that's uh, just getting nice and open for, for Allen on his rollouts and everything. This is um, this is one of those ones that I like because it's not going to cost you a ton. Like there's a chance that he could be sitting on the waiver wire, you know, like he's, he's relatively, mm -hmm. uh, his percentage own is relatively low. So you can even scoop him on the waiver wire. Or if you go into a trade, he could be a throwing piece for a lot of trade offers. You know, you could go for a medium piece. Like say you want to go after a Juju, you could go after a Juju and you could have a Crowder as a throw in like you <laughs> to be able to go pick him up. It's not going to cost a lot, but he's a guy that could be a PPR machine. And uh, those are the types of offers that, I don't think uh, get enough attention because everyone wants to go after the big names, but when you can sneak in those little sneaky uh, names that can produce in a big way, I think those are ones that uh, help people out a lot. Um, my buy is an interesting one. We talked about a little bit earlier, and I think this is a one where if you tried to buy him last year, it was impossible. It wasn't going to happen. You couldn't make it. You couldn't make it because it was just going to cost you too much. Then he had a bit of a down year this year. I think even still, the price of him was a little bit too high. But now since the Devontae Adams signing, I think he's kind of in a position where people are nervous about Darren Waller. But I'm, a, I'm in a position where I'd be going to buy Darren Waller. Now, it is a little bit concerning. And it, with this purchase, uh, there is a little bit of risk in there. But that's why you might be able to get him on the cheaper side. Uh, after a down year and the resurgence of uh, – of, uh, a PPR type machine coming out of Clemson there. Um, he had a huge year and we saw Darren Waller kind of dip a little bit in that season. Now he also battled with injury that goes into that, but he had played 11 games, 55 receptions, 665 yards and two touchdowns. Now Darren Waller's never been a touchdown guy. He's always been a possession guy and a reception guy. So now with Devonte Adams in town, and, um, and, and he's going to be battling a little bit for targets. 
people are concerned that Darren Waller's not going to be able to get it done because uh, you can't rely on the touchdowns. He's just never really been a touchdown type guy. So that's where the ADP is starting to dip a little bit. Now, I think this is a position that's going to be successful for Darren Waller, A, because he's a little bit on the younger side in comparison to some of those high-end tight ends like Kelsey. Um, you could be getting Kittle. You could go after um, Mark Andrews, who's a little bit younger than Darren Waller. But forgetting Darren Waller had a huge season the year prior. Now, having the attention to Adams, there's an exact argument that Armin made earlier was that Renfro might be the beneficiary of that. But I also think that Darren Waller very well could be the beneficiary of Adams there because the primary primary defense is going to be going to double teams or scheming towards Adams, which might open up Waller underneath. You look at uh, Kansas City offense that thrives with a wide receiver one, and then Kelsey is kind of that underlayer with huge talent, big body, good hands, and can do damage. I think Darren Waller could do that. Now, in a position... Would I offer, I, I'm, I'm in a position where I have Kelsey and I'm trying to go after Waller. Maybe you can, in a position, maybe you could offer Waller, Kelsey straight out to a competitive team, a team that is in a win now position and, uh, and they need something that's going to get over the hump. You might be able to get that Waller, Kelsey straight up. I'm even in a position, maybe we're all good Kelsey and something over top. You could, there's, there's lots of different options, but um, Kelsey, there might not be many years left in front of him. Maybe we've seen the best years he's got left. Uh, with the signing of Juju, maybe it comes down a little bit, where I think Darren Waller, this is probably the cheapest you're going to get him, unless obviously he tanks and then nobody's going to want to purchase Darren Waller. So I think this is a, as a good time as a fantasy owner. If you're looking for that good tight end one, top five potential, I think now's a good opportunity to go pick up some Darren Waller. Um, Zach, your, your sell. All right, so <clears throat> I am thinking uh, at least thinking about the idea of selling Christian Kirk in a couple of leagues um, where I have them. Um, Christian Kirk just signed a market setting free agent deal in Jacksonville uh, to presumably be their wide receiver one. And to this point in his career, he has never uh, shown the ability to be a wide receiver one. Um, up to this point in his career, he's never finished inside the top 26 um, in fantasy scoring. So this is a great opportunity to sell uh, a wide receiver two, wide receiver three to a league mate who might be betting on, you know, wide receiver one upside. Uh, you're selling a huge market deal and you are selling a, an idea of a juicy landing spot when in return you're you're selling nothing that's uh nothing that's overly sexy i guess would be a way of putting it so uh try to take advantage of the 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 news and uh, and sell high yeah especially targeting maybe if you go after the guy in your league that owns trevor lawrence that might be the stack he wants you know if you're making a bet on you're making a bet on him. You're making a bet on Lawrence. You know, it's they kind of go together. So that might be a perfect opportunity to be going after somebody um, in that league, especially if you have Lawrence, who might be a younger team as a younger wide receiver that could have the potential to break out to be the one. Uh, so you might be able to sell off, like Zach mentioned the news. I like it. Uh, Armand, who's your sell? All right. My sell, I, I had a hard time picking this one. Uh, some, some names that I thought of was uh, the Miami backfield here, but I instead went with a former Miami Dolphin running back and Kenyon Drake, who's now with uh, the Las Vegas Raiders. He was with them last year as well. 
Um, and we saw in that offense, he was extremely inefficient when he was running the ball last year. And even when he was in, in the passing game, he wasn't very efficient when he was getting targets thrown towards him. Um, the Raiders have, uh, have Josh Jacobs there as their, their number one running back. They're looking for a good receiving back, third down passing game time kind of back. And they just signed Abdullah and Zach's favorite player in the world, Bolden, <laughs> um, to contracts. And uh, those guys are both guys who have kind of made their career so far in the NFL as those pass catching backs. And, and they're a bit more efficient in that role than Drake, at least in, <laughs> in their, on their respective teams over the last few years. Um, Abdullah even was was looking really good in Carolina. He almost looked like the best player there near the end of the season last year. So um, it, I don't know if many people still have Drake on their roster or still looking at Drake to produce for them, but I'd be getting rid of him if you got him. Try and sell him um, before it comes out that I could even see him cut by the time uh, the end of uh, preseason rolls around here. So I'd be careful with Drake and, and be trying to move him while he's still got a little bit of name value. Especially going into uh, what you mentioned there too. They, look how good that AFC West is. They're going to have to move the ball, right? Like it's going to, they're going to have to pass the ball a lot. They're, they're not going to be in a position to be running the ball as often as they did last year. And if they do, that's Josh Jacobs season, I think. So uh, I, I agree with you on that one, Armand. Um, looking at my cell, I threw out another name here, Alan Lazard. I think that's one you can capitalize on opportunity right now. Uh, obviously, um, Green Bay doesn't have their wide receiver one right now. That is Alan Lazard, I would say, especially coming off a couple big games last year as a wide receiver two. So you could kind of spin it off that like, hey, Alan Lazard, wide receiver one here for Green Bay. You might be able to kind of flip him and get some some immediate value there before Green Bay goes and signs out a big name uh, or, or takes off t- uh, trades for a for first round talented wide receivers. So that's a name I threw out there just for a little tidbit, but the name that I want to go, it's a bit juicy and uh, there can be some ramifications that come with this one because it is a big name and it's DJ Moore coming off a huge extension, the three year, $60 million deal. Um, DJ Moore, don't get me wrong. is an incredibly talented wide receiver, but unfortunately he just hasn't been able to hit. He's kind of like a Terry McLaurin. We talked about a little bit. He's part of that QB carousel where he just keeps getting a new quarterback, new quarterback that can't get on the ball. And this hasn't given the opportunity to break out. Now, obviously Carolina missing on all these big names. Are they going to get Baker? Is that an upgrade? Is that what you want? Are they going to have to draft a rookie? Is that the answer? Who knows? So there it's, there's a window now where we really don't know who DJ Moore's quarterback is going to be for the foreseeable future. And in looking in that three-year deal, they could, they could try and pick up a free agent. They could sit with Darno. Um, they could go with a Fitzpatrick. Maybe that'll help them a little bit. Uh, maybe they draft a quarterback. It's not the answer. They try and draft again in two years. All of a sudden, DJ Moore's contract's expiring. So I think take the talent and take the extension and the money and try and flip that into something that's a little bit proven and is in a comfortable position. Because DJ Moore is a good wide receiver, but he's in a sp- or he's in a position where like he's like QB purgatory. Yeah. You got all the talent in the world, but you got to get the ball. If you don't get the ball, you're not going to get me points in fantasy football. So I know this is a bit of a sketchy one, but I think uh, DJ Moore is somebody that might be flipping and uh, maybe say the Devontae Adams owner is a little bit scared. DJ Moore for Devontae Adams. That might be a deal you could get done uh, lickety split. So that's, uh, that's, I know it might be a hot take ish, I think, but that's, uh, that's where I'm going with myself. 
speaking of hot takes here, Zach, you ready? We'll get the drop and we'll get you going. So a brand new drop for ice cold hot takes. Here she goes. You're not on fire, Ricky Bobby. I'm on fire. Will Farrell gets a lot of love on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Zach, ice cold hot take. First one of the off season. Let's hear it. So I don't even know if this qualifies necessarily as a hot take, but it is a it is a belief of mine that the NFL has made a grave mistake by having the free agency happen before the NFL draft. In my opinion, the NFL draft should happen before NFL free agency for the simple reason that as a players union, um, the union represents veteran players, and oftentimes we see uh, free agents, uh, mid-level players, uh, sign mid-level contracts or veteran minimum contracts only to be replaced uh, a month or two later by cheaper rookie talent. So I'm talking this year about guys like Mitchell Trubisky, um, guys maybe like uh, Rashad Penny, guys that sign these cheaper short-term deals um, with either with their uh, previous team or with a new team, and they may be in a position where they are replaced uh, you know, in the not-so-distant future. Would it be crazy for a Pittsburgh to draft a, like a Kenny Pickett or – Malik Willis at 20 overall and replace Trubisky who signed with the intention of being the starter. Uh, I don't think so. Not by a long shot. Is it possible that a, a spiller or a Walker uh, slips to the middle part of the second round or maybe middle part of the third round and Seattle drafts one of them? I don't think so. And I could see a situation where they supplant Penny, who uh, probably re-signed with Seattle with the expectation of being their starter this year, uh, or at least competing for that starting spot along with Chris Carson. So I think, in my mind, the NFL draft should be uh, held before free agency, just so these veteran players who are members of the NFL Players Union are able to make a informed choice of where they take their talents. In that situation too, where you draft the free agent market, I think would probably heat up a little bit depending on what would happen, right? Say for example, you don't get the wide receiver you want in the draft, i.e. the Philadelphia Eagles when, uh, when they got jumped by, um, or I guess not say jumped, but their guy got stolen there. Uh, was that 2020 draft when they ended up losing out on, and yeah, and then they then they panicked and took. I'm trying to remember the whole draft how it ended up working out. Regardless, um, they took Rieger. Yeah, and they taken Rieger. He actually panicked, and regardless, however it shook down there, um, team like that maybe doesn't get the wide receiver they wanted. They don't panic, take a wide receiver. They take a defensive player, offensive lineman, whatever it is at the at the. I think it's the one. I think it was the 15th overall, something like that. Uh, and then they sign a wide receiver in the free agency. That's somebody that's available. Then they make those decisions in the draft maybe a little bit easier. You don't have to panic because it's not your last option to try and pick players up where you have that free agency grace period too. I think it's I think it'd be interesting. I think there'd be some 
definitely some speed bumps and some hurdles to try and get over top. And I think that maybe it could end up playing into owners and um, a little bit coming down to contract time where I don't have to give you this much money because I just took a, you know, the, maybe the free agent market might saturate. I, I don't know. It's, it's an interesting concept though, but in, I think in the minds of the players, especially the lower end players, this might be definitely to their benefit. Well, in the end with those guys getting cut though, um, it shouldn't saturate the free agent market too much, right? Because if those guys are getting cut because of the draft earlier, then it ends up in the same result. They're either not signed as a free agent at all, or they're cut either way. They end up in the free agent pool. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, that's, that's not where I thought you were going, Zach. You said you had one. Yeah, I think about for a while. I thought that's uh, it fits the, fits the mold for the episode though. That's for sure. It's something that I've been, that I've thought for a while. Um, like we see it often where these mid-level players sign contracts and they get their, their draft cap or players with higher draft capital, replace them within the first year. And these veteran players that um, occur seasons towards, you know, a pension towards healthcare, they uh, they're on the, I guess the, the receiving end of the bad news. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely see the, the merit to it for sure. For, especially for the middle tier guys, you know, those high end guys they are going to get their money regardless and it's not impacting them. It's like, but it's the guys that need the money that need those short-term deals to try and basically kind of keep their life on track and, and help their families out that, that kind of get the worst end of the stick. Anything else to add here, fellas, before you wrap this one up? No, I think we're good to go. Right on, right on. So thank you everybody for listening to episode number 44. I know we went a few in a row there, which we said we weren't going to do, but free agency was just too juicy. So uh, that'll do it for episode number 44. We're going to be back in action in two weeks time. Uh, so you'll have to stay tuned for that one. Uh, but on behalf of Armin, Zach, myself, and the 306 Fantasy Football crew, thank you for listening and stay tuned for our big drop on our upcoming uh, brand new uh, sponsor of the year. Thank you, everybody. Take care. Talk soon.